Greetings and welcome back to another ongoing series of Shur Mandaf Yomi. My name is Yitzchak Yat Shalom. We're now in Masachat Shabbat of Kuf Memchet Amud Aleph. About to begin our study of the 23rd chapter. We'll be doing this chapter over the course of five podcasts. The chapter is mainly focused, at least at the beginning, about issues of conducting business on Shabbat and what the concerns are and various ways in which uh, things can be borrowed on Shabbat, etc. Uh, towards the end of the parak, uh, the issues of dealing with a mate, a corpse, on Shabbat come up, and that leads to some fascinating agadot relating to end-of-life issues. In the meantime, the first Mishnah, So a person may borrow uh, flasks of wine or oil on Shabbat, as long as he doesn't use the word halveni, so he could say hashileni, which is another way of saying borrow, and we'll see in the Gemara why the two would be distinct. <coughs> a woman can borrow loaves from another woman. Same thing. If you may know, mommy know, what if the lender doesn't trust the borrower to return it? You can leave a garment there or something else as collateral. After Shabbat, they can uh, come to an accounting. When the 14th of Nisan is on Shabbat, and you're in Yushalayim, and you forgot to get a lamb, at least that's what we think it is, you can go up to a fellow selling lambs, leave your garment there, take your Pesach, and then on Monday, meaning after Shabbat, and then after Yom Tov, come make an accounting for what you owe him. We'll go back to that at the end of this podcast. He asked Abaye, Why is Hashileni any different than Halveni, that Hashileni is mutar, but Halveni is prohibited by the Mishnah? Because when you say Hashileni, you're not going, it's not likely to lead to anybody writing a document. And Halvani would lead to that, because Halvani has more of a sense of lending money, in which amounts are written down, as opposed to something more casual, like some wine. Now, uh, important to note that the entire uh, prohibition of business transactions on Shabbat is a gzera due to ktiva. Now, since during the week, if you say Halveni instead of Hashileni, nobody cares, and therefore Halveni, since you might lead to writing, so Shabbat should be the same thing. In other words, Halveni and Hashileni are considered to be interchangeable. So why is that the case? Amarle, his answer was, Since the Rabbanan only allowed you to use the word Hashileni, not Halveni, so you're always going to be aware of that limitation, so you'll be aware of it, you'll, re- you'll be uh, cognizant of the special nature of this loan, and you will not write. Okay, so now Rav Bar Hanan asks Abai another question. Since the rabbi said, everything that we do on Shabbat and Yom Tov, if it's a regular activity, we should do it in a different way. Now there's two motivations for Shinui. One is to do a Molacha in a different way so as not to be Chayav. And that is when there's a Tzorech or for a Cholet, etc. And the other is when you're doing a perfectly permissible activity to do a Shinui so that you don't forget it Shabbat. So now, that's the, this is the second category. Women who fill up their barrels with, or their flasks with water. Why don't we make them do it in a different way? The answer is, there's no other way to do it. 
Hechilavdi. What do you want them to do? Demali machatz for Rabbi, demali machatz for Zuta. Those who use a big uh, pail should use small pails. Hakamav should be lucha. Then they're going to have to walk more times. Demali machatz for Zuta, demali machatz for Rabbi. Those who use small pails should use a bigger pail. So kamav shub imavui bemasui. They're going to end up carrying heavier things, and that's not good either for Shabbat. Nifros sudra. You want them to put a cover over the thing. So after they schita. Then you're going to lead to squeezing. Nichseba nachmatama. You're going to cover it over with some other covers. It might get torn up. You're going to end up tying it. In other words, any other direction you do is either going to further complicate Shabbat or perhaps lead to a malachai. Therefore, there's no other option. Here's another question he asked. We have a mission in Beitzah. It says you're not allowed to slap your thigh, or to clap, or to dance on Yom Tov. A concern you might uh, create a musical instrument. We see that everybody does it. I don't say the rabbi is telling anybody not to do it. So when the Tamech Abaye says, We saw this a little while ago, that Rava said that a person should not sit right at the boundary of the Mavui, because something with something in his hands, because it may fall out of his hands, and he's going to go out and carry it. We see that people bring barrels. They sit right there. We don't tell them anything. Ella, what's the answer, Rabbi says, to both my problem and your problem, mine about the lechi, and yours about the dancing. It's better that Am Yisrael should be shogin, should be doing things inadvertently than intentionally. And the notion behind that is that these are things which they're going to be doing anyways. And even if we tell them we shouldn't do them, they're going to do them. So better they should do them not knowing that they're violating the law. Now, Savamina, we thought when we heard this, that that only applies to Isurim Durabaran. Of a Doraita law, if it's an Isur Doraita, that it doesn't apply. Velohia, that's not true, because Loshab Rabbanosh Doraita, what's the proof? Tosefet, Yom Kippurim Doraita, the fact that you have to extend your Inui of Yom Kippur, before Yom Kippur, and it's begin it early, which is why the universal custom is to begin Yom Kippur before sunset. And, we see that these people, and, and elsewhere in Shas, it's referred to specifically as the Hani Nashi, the women sit and eat until uh, right the last minute. We don't tell them, even though that's Da'oraita. So in some Da'oraitas, not in all, we would say, let them continue to do what they're doing um, as Shogigin, rather than tell them, because they're going to do it anyways, and then they'll be Mizidin. Okay, we said in the Mishnah that a woman could borrow loaves from another woman. Now, that's only on Shabbat that you can't uh, um, borrow, borrow them with the word halveni. Aval bechol shapir dami. You could use. You could do that during the week. So that does not follow Hillel, as Hillel said, as we have in Bavmesia. V'chein hayahalomer hotavei shakikal lachaverta shleseret damim shemikuchetim ubarot lidei beat. If a woman lends another woman a loaf during the week and uh, doesn't specify a value to the loaf. Uh, four days later, or a week later, or a month later, when the other one returns a loaf of bread, in the meantime, wheat may have gone up, and she may be getting bread worth more, and there may be a form of rebeat. And therefore, Hillel said, you should not lend a loaf of bread until you establish a value to it and say, I'm lending you a loaf for a dollar. And then she should lend, a, lend give back a dollar's worth of bread. 
The answer is Afilu Teimah Hillel. Even Hillel could subscribe to our Mishnah, which is always a good thing. If the value is set, then it's mutar, because the value of a loaf is set. If it's not, then indeed you do have to make that stipulation. Okay, we may know mommy no. Mishnah then said that if you do not trust the guy who you are borrowing from you, you can have him leave collateral. Itmar, <coughs> we have the following machloket. yom tov, something borrowed on yom tov. You cannot come and collect it. There's no collection for it. It can be collected. What's his reason? If you think you can collect it out of the mikhtav, then they may write down on Yontif what the value is and what has to be returned, who borrowed it. It could be collected. If you say it can't be collected, nobody's going to lend anything. And then the other fellow is not going to have Simchat Yomtov because he can't borrow the wine or the bread or the meat or whatever it is he wants. Now let's test this. In our Mishnah, you can use collateral. If you agree with Rev Yosef that you can't collect Havat Yom Tov, that's why you leave a collateral there. Then you make an accounting afterwards because otherwise he couldn't collect from you. But if you hold like Rabbah that it could be collected, why do you have to leave collateral? Lend the thing, and then after you have to go and claim it from him. Amar, the answer is, The answer is very simple. The guy says, I may have the rights to go to court, but who wants to spend all that time and, and effort in going to court to collect it? I'd rather just have the collateral. This is another challenge. Now, it's important to note that this is happening on the first day of Tishrei, in the eighth year of the Shemitah cycle, which means that if it would turn out that Beitin would announce later that day that Rosh Chodesh is actually tomorrow, that means today was the 30th of Elul of the seventh year, and anything borrowed that day now gets canceled by, by Shemitah. So, if it proves to be Chodesh Mubar Meshamet, then the debt, of that piece of meat that you lent out to people is cancelled. <coughs> but it turns out to be that the Elul had the standard 29 days, and this was really Rosh Hashanah, it's already the 8th year, and a Meshameh, nothing's cancelled. That's the Brighton. Now, if you agree with Yosef that you can't claim a debt, my Meshameh, you lent something out on Yontif, so there's no debt to be cancelled. So why do we say that if it turns out that it was really Mubar, it's cancelled? The answer is Shani The answer is once you found out that it was Chodesh Mubar, that means today really wasn't <coughs> the first day of Tishra, it's thirtieth of Elul, which is not a Yom Tov. So it's not was not Halvat Yom Tov. Alright, Toshbami Seifa, now look at the Seifa, Imlav, Enomashamit. If it turns out it's really Yom Tov, Enomashamit. So if you agree with Rabba that you can make a claim, that's why we say that the debt is not cancelled, you can collect it. If you agree with Rabbi Yosef that you can't collect such a debt, why is it not Meshamit? The answer is, what it means is, not that you could claim it, but rather that if the guy wants to return the piece of meat to you and give pay you back for it, you could collect it. What in the ratio? When it turns out that it was really Shemitah, you can't take it back? The answer is, well, you sort of can't. In the case of the ratio, you have an obligation to say, I am canceling this debt. 
And therefore, then, when the guy returns it, you've got to say, I'm canceling the debt. And the fellow says, I want to pay you anyways. Then you can collect it. But if it really turned out to be the eighth year, then you could collect the debt, or shall we say, if he gives it, you could accept it without having to make any statement. That's the only difference, according to Rav Yosef, where Havat Yom Tov as we have this Mishnah in Shvi'it, if a person wants to return a debt during Shemitah, the lender has to say, I canceled the debt. Marlo, Alpha Pichain, and the other fellow says, nonetheless, I want to pay you. You could take it from him. Dvar Shemitah being, there are words associated with the Shemitah. So if Avya would take a Mashkon on Yom Tov, he would use deception together in collusion with the borrower and have, and go to the borrower's house and take something and hold on to it. Okay. You're allowed to be maktish an animal as a Pesach on Shabbat. Let's say it's a day of Yom Tov. You can maktish the Korban Chagiga on Yom Tov. Sounds like our Mishnah supports Rabbi Yochanan. Because our assumption was that this was a regular old animal, and you went to the animal owner on Shabbat and said, I want to buy a Pesach from you. Well, obviously, you were Makdish at that day, because that's the day of Pesach. <coughs> the answer is, not necessarily. The case here is that this animal was already a Pesach. And you simply wanted to be included with others in the Pesach that already existed. So you wouldn't be Makdish today. You just needed to be a partner. Was already muktash. Ah, we have a Mishnah that says, You're not allowed to become a partner in the ownership of Behema on Yom Tov. The case here is that this fellow who you're getting it from on Shabbat is somebody who you, every year you have your Pesach with him. Since you're always part of the group, therefore he already had you in mind. We have Rabbi saying that you could go to, this is like Rabbi Yochanan, you could go to a shepherd who you are familiar with, and he'll give you a lamb, and you can makdish the bed as a Pesach, and use it. That may not support Rabbi Yochanan, because it may be, since it's a it's a shepherd you're familiar with, therefore he knows you're going to come and collect it, he was makdish it before. But it said Makdish, the animal, not accept it. The answer is Hektish Hektishilui means that you then say, the value of this thing I'm going to donate also to the Mikdash. And that's a separate thing. Okay, since when did Rabbi Yochanan say the statement that you can Makdish an animal on, on Shabbat or on Yom Tov? Rabbi Yochanan famously and all over the place we get this statement. Rabbi Yochanan said, Halacha follows Islam Mishta. In the same Mishnah that we saw a piece of a little earlier on this top of the Amud about dancing on Yom Tov, it also says you can't bake a hektish on Yom Tov. You can't do on Yom Tov, it's certainly not on Shabbat. So how could Rabbi Yochanan say you can do a Pesach on Shabbat and a Mehem on Yom Tov? 
החגיר על יום טוב, אלא צריך לזרוק קשה כמה חובות שקבוע להם זמן, כמה חובות שאין קבוע להם זמן. If it's a hold that has a set time, then he would allow it because today's the day and you got to get it done. If it's something a makdish that you could bring later at some other time, then you're not allowed to. Okay, we'll pause at this point. We'll pick it up with the next Mishnah, Mishnah Bet, in the next podcast. In the meantime, we should have a wonderful day.